Live from London, this is the Saturday Lunch with Joseph Hammond. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Joe Hammond. I am a primary school music and computer specialist. Today on my show, I would like to talk about schools and their use of social media. So we'll be looking at how teachers use social media, how schools use social media, and the ways in which that can benefit. Live from London, this is the Saturday Lunch with Joseph Hammond on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Welcome everybody and um, hope you're well. Um, today um, is, and the last week um, has been a bit of a um, bittersweet one as I've um, had, it was a great end of year celebration, however, also I will be, uh, I will be moving on um, to a new job um, and that's, and I, I'm sad, I'm sad to go from my current job, but um, I hope that I can um, grieve for the uh, loss of this, uh, of, of this place and move forward and, and, and move forward and uh, some bright new opportunities can hopefully come up. So today, as I said I w- at the beginning of the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about schools and social media because, well, it's no secret that schools are using social media a, l- um, a lot more um, the- these days as, as as Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all of these platforms grow, so do the presence of everybody on those platforms. And so I wanted to talk a bit about um, how schools use social media and what they do to um, promote and put themselves in positive light and uh, how they engage with their audience. And in a school's social media page, the audience isn't always or isn't just going to be the um, parents, uh, the families and students of those currently attending. You know, if that school has a reputation beyond their school community, as many do, then they're going to want to show their best side. And I guess that should be a first disclaimer, um, is that just like with all social media, everyone has to be aware that school, uh, that, that, that people schools included only really like to share generally their best side now i guess that is a generalization but 
typically social media jealousy can be an issue because um, people will look at an organization or a person's posts and think how much of a great life that person's got or how great it is at that thing that uh, that place or that thing that they're not a part of and then jealousy can set in but it's actually just one very small part of that person or that organization's overall life um so no matter what people do on social media because no one's ever going to share absolutely everything on social media you can't generally can't get a clear picture of what is happening um at that place or how it's how it's actually how it how it actually runs and what goes on inside the building what goes on when the cameras turned off on their phone what goes on when um when people when people don't uh wait wait when when you're not posting and so yeah so for so just uh, so yeah disclaimer that you know you don't you never get the full picture when it comes to social media and the same goes for schools um which is why i think um first thing that i wanted to talk about is it's great to see when schools um talk honestly without sort of sounding like they're whining um or ranting it's great to see how schools deal with or write about and talk about how they deal with problems um and you know a good example is you know doing a um make putting examples out there of how two students have had conflict and how they have dealt with that conflict and how the school approaches dealing with that conflict that is um that is a that is one key area where i would look at that and i'd see okay that setting that school that place those people they have a fantastic way of dealing with um a conflict between two students or a conflict between um maybe an adult and a student um that's not to say it's going to work perfectly every time but that the atmosphere is there for those students and those adults to move forward in a positive light and that's the uh that's that's often one of the uh, trickiest things because um those that know me very well know that i am a strong believer in many many forms of progressive education um you know whether that be forest schools reggio emilia um democratic schools um i am a strong believer in progressive education um i think i don't think highly of the system 
Um, and I've said before, many schools, um, they, they thrive in spite of the system, not because of it. Um, but so, and so <clears throat> personally, as, as, as a, as a, as a teacher who works for progressive settings and who is a fan, big fan and passionate about progressive education. I follow a lot of places and schools that do things differently. And that includes even home education groups. Um, because some people have set up communities for children who are homeschooled and um, the, what they do when they get together. And I think, you know, I look at those, I look at those schools and when I'm scrolling through my social media feed, I'll see what, um, what those groups and what those schools are doing. And, um, you know, and that can become inspiration for um, something that I think, oh, maybe I could do that in my settings. Um, and it's, and it, it might not always work exactly as intended if uh, you're trying to move, uh, make something that was thought up by a different school, a different setting, a different teacher, and then you bring that I would have to put uh, you or me would have to put our own spin on that thing. It's not a case of I can replicate that exactly because every community, every school is different. The people in that community have different needs. But um, as so, I but but that's one way that I love using social social media is that I love looking at and seeing what schools are doing and thinking about and looking at how how can how could we how could we be a part of that and yeah so it's a very and it's a delicate balance as well because you have to you have to try and um, protect your the, the privacy of your students and adults as well if they don't if they don't consent to things um, like having their uh, faces put on social media then obviously you have to respect that and it's not a case of um, it's not a case of um, trying to persuade them is a case of respecting their wishes and uh when when schools draw up a social media policy in terms of you know what they post and how they post on social media and things it's not a case of just about following the policy it's a case of moral respect for that person um and you know many students um are old enough and understand enough about social media to um to know a lot about what's happening they might not understand all of the risks but i'm a strong believer in 
the student should always be asked permission before you upload a photo about them or of them on social media because that student might not like that photo or that student might um so, uh, or might not want um them to be posted online because they might be a bit embarrassed by it um and that's their right to do so um so it's a case of um being respectful and that that can be tricky to manage sometimes if you're trying to film a something to go to a company or a website or if you're trying to take pictures of an amazing event and you're trying to avoid showing the faces of certain children or certain adults who have not consented to it sometimes that can be tricky to manage um but it's also very necessary now when you so when you have social media pages um obviously it's very important to respect that and personally i don't think um you you try to avoid as much as possible having um blurred out faces or um emojis over the faces of kids um because although it's understandable why they would do that and sometimes it's unavoidable I want I would want if I was running a school and I'm not pretending I'm an expert I would want um the photos or videos of what's happening in that school to look as natural as possible and um if there's photos and the faces are blurred out or the there's emojis over the top of their faces then I often think that that looks a little bit um i don't know what the word is but it doesn't it doesn't look right to me um <clears throat> it feel it feels a bit unnatural i guess and i i remember there was one time where i remember one story when there was a school that looked at their their year six um leavers um and instead of uh, in their yearbook instead of having their faces shown all of the faces of the children had black lines over their eyes and that was their yearbook now that's quite an infamous extreme example it wasn't even a social media post it was a yearbook but it looks creepy and it just it didn't feel right um it was supposed to be a celebration of the school year and it ended up being a creepy viral um it ironically ended up being a creepy viral um post on on social media um because this school um decided in their not so uh, wise wisdom um put black uh, lines over the top of any photos of the kids faces and um so it didn't look like much of a celebration and so that's why um i i like it when i see the kids 
face uh, when I when I can see the kids' faces, I can see them properly engaged in what is going on in the school, and I can see them properly engaged with what's happening. Um, and I believe that I believe I believe that everybody, adults included, should should have should have that choice. Um, so one of reasons one of the thing things that i like to do with the schools that i follow or the nurseries or settings that i follow is i i follow them to see what they're doing and be inspired by them now i don't just follow um my own school and my own uh, nurseries that i work out on social media i don't just follow those i follow other schools that are progressive. I'm a member of, you know, the Progressive Education Facebook group. Um, and I follow after school clubs and programs that are relevant to my specialisms, music and computing, to see the kinds of things that they do, not to try and copy them, but to try and be inspired by them. Um, and how do I find them? And how do I decide who to follow? Well, there's certain methods, uh, or there's there's certain progressive school models that I generally can get behind, and so I tend to follow those. Um, I tend to follow those things. <clears throat> I I tend to follow those settings. There's also um, there's also where was, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah, there's um, one of the things that I recently did was I found um, Laughology's Happiest School of the Year and um, awards for the most rewarding or best places to work. I recently looked at that and I found a few, um, a few you know, nursery and school franchise settings that have won awards for being really positive places to work and so i gave them a follow because um you know i've been treated badly in work before i've been bullied not just as a student but as an adult as well and so when i look at a um when I look at a setting and whether I would want to be involved in that, I don't look at, I don't tend to look at how does that, um, yeah, you know, what, what results does that place get or, um, what, how do they, how, how do they do their, their work and get results, things like that. I don't tend to do that. I tend to look at, you know, do they treat their staff right? Do they treat their kids right? Do they have a good atmosphere where people are allowed to be themselves, where people are happy overall and where people can, yeah, people can resolve conflicts in a non-toxic way, where, etc. all of those things. And... So I 
that that's that's those are my habits on social media now how should a school run their social media is is a is a good question that i'm sure lots of people will some people will have experience with some people won't now i don't run any school social media pages so i'm not pretending i'm an expert on this but um essentially it gets down to communication and what kind of things can schools communicate well you know it can be connection for the school community because it can be a way of the school to stay in touch with their parents their guardians and their families it can also be potential promotion for families that are looking to join the school um and especially if it's a fee-paying independent school or you know an, a, a, a progressive school i will say it um where you're looking to challenge what's so-called normal about our school system then you want to you want to look at the positives of how is this um how how are we going to how are we going to how are we gonna how are we gonna attract people to sign up for our school and our setting and um i think yeah and, and this is why my favorite three schools to follow on social media because they seem like dream schools for me one is empathy school international the other is the uh green schools um and uh also in this country flake fleet primary school um and because everything all that they do on social media you know they just they just promote the fact that they are super positive super not toxically positive but just super places to be because of the communities that they build up because of the uh, vibe that they give off that is where um i believe that that's that's what attracts me to them the most and you know if i had the confidence to move to bali and, and work for an empathy school i think that would be a dream school from what i can from what i can gather of um the the atmosphere and all all of the things that they that they post on social media um they just look amazing and it's not that's not the only reason why there's you know a few other things that i like the look of and there's a couple of adults that work there who i respect like one of them is a um leading figure in using role-playing games including dungeons and dragons in education and that's um something that i um 
I would love to do more of. And so that's where we have, and that's where, and that's where they, that's where they, but, but their social media is where they can really show their best side and loads of the photos and videos um and everything that they've um that they've been uh, that they've been posting it's just all been super inspiring to see that from their from their environment from their from uh their environment to the things their students are doing to showcases from their students to adults like they actually posted empathy school they posted a um video of a mud fight that they had um just a really fun mud fight um you know or loads of students and teachers in their swimming shorts um just rolling around in this giant mud puddle um and that's just that's just so fun to see and it's good and things like that are good for people as well um and i love that i love that i love the atmosphere that they give off and i love that their curriculum and the things that they promote is all based on the well-being of the community and so that's why empathy school international is one of my favorite social media uh, schools to follow on social media um and so they've successfully convinced me that that school would be a dream school to work at for me if i ever wanted to move to bali um <clears throat> which yeah, for that school it might be tempting if they needed a music teacher um but I don't know everything about it, and I'm sure it would be a big culture shock for me. But anyway, um, so I'm going to play the news and uh, two-minute tech and adverts, and then we shall carry on a bit more about this uh, conversation. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development 
every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. If you have a passion for education and a talent for teaching and learning, the Witherslack Group want to hear from you. Join them as they open an incredible new school in Essex and be a founding teacher of English, Maths, Science or Primary with multiple leadership opportunities available too. As Teachers Talk Radio partners, we know how much they care about the well-being of staff and their offer to you will be superb. To find out more and apply for a role, visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. After a week of political turmoil, the weekend news focuses on positive summer news as schools begin to look towards breaking up for the summer. In Bedfordshire, a school trust has opened a wellbeing garden. The Bedfordshire Schools Trust opened the garden as part of its fifth anniversary celebrations. During the pandemic, the Trust had pledged to fund and create areas within all its schools and nurseries, where staff could relax and take some time for themselves. The first garden was opened at the Estonbury Academy. In Hammersmith and Fulham, pupils have joined forces to make the local area cleaner and greener. Students from a range of schools and those pupils in Year 4 and Year 5 met up as part of the Mudlarks project and presented on themes based around the environment and ecology. Topics included reducing the use of plastic at school, clearing up litter from the Grand Union Canal and improving recycling rates. The Mudlarks project teaches children about water ecology, pollution, art and music alongside environmental research and scientific investigation. In Portsmouth, hundreds of children across the city are set for a summer of fun learning as they take part in a summer reading challenge. The national initiative, which promotes the benefits of children aged 4 to 11 reading for pleasure during the school holidays, is supported by the City Council. To complete the challenge, children simply need to borrow and read six or more library books over the summer. The challenge recognises reading in all its forms, including books of any size, graphic novels, poetry, picture books and audiobooks. The theme of this year's reading challenge is Gadgeteers and is designed to help children discover the world of science and innovation in their everyday lives. A National Youth Summit has been called to offer young people the chance to explore radical solutions to the big topics of the day, from job security and mental health to climate action and ethical working. Funded by the Cooperative Bank and in partnership with Trade Body Cooperatives UK, alongside the group's charity, the National Youth Summit will bring together hundreds of young people and organisations from across the UK. Standard Bank in Africa is empowering Africa through education, saying investing in developing the continent's education is crucial to drive sustainable and inclusive economic growth. Given the growth in the continent's population and the socio-economic challenges made worse by the pandemic, education systems must be strengthened to facilitate development. The bank will support projects in areas such as early childhood development, technical education and higher education. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio Weekend News with Joe Fox. 
This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to support a question everyone will see at the start of next year. It goes something like this. Hi EduTwitter, can you reply with where you are so I can show my class how far a post on the internet can reach? With a bit of free tech, you can make this much more visual. I'm going to use Google Maps because it's free and most likely you'll have used Google Maps at some point in the past. So, when you have all your responses, sign into Google, go to Maps and click on the menu next to the search box. That's the three lines that look like a burger. From the menu, select My Places. You'll now have four options. Lists, Labeled, Visited, and maps. Click on maps and at the bottom select create map. Now you can give the map a title so you can find it next year for comparison and add all the places from your Twitter replies. Simply type the name of the place. When it appears with a blue point marker you can click the plus sign to add it to the map and then select the color to help it stand out. When you're finished all places will be saved and you can access the map by following the first few steps. Menu, my places, maps. There are loads of other great tools to use also. Measure the distance from your school to those places. Hit preview and go into the view only mode. Here you can select a place and you treat it to a short bio and an image of the area. So next time you're looking to bring a lesson to life, why not try using maps to help pupils see where places are in the world? Do you have any top tips for mapping? Why not get in touch at TT Radio 2022? Follow us and tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. I think uh, many people will appreciate Joe's um, effort to keep politics out of um, the uh, the news uh, this week. Um, so thank you, Joe. Much appreciated. Now, um, where were we? We were talking a bit about social media and schools and how schools use social media. And I was talking a bit about what attracted me to some of my favorite schools to follow on social media. And I wanted to uh, look at um, a bit about another one of my favorite places to follow and also then look at how do well, how do, what is the advice for schools running a social media page? Um, now, um, he, I've had head teacher Dave McPartlin on my show before. Um, he, uh, and Fakely Primary does have one of my favorite um, social media pages to follow for schools because they don't just, um, they don't just look at they don't just they don't just look at how um, the school itself runs. They also look at how does how how do they promote um, how do they promote themselves? Uh, how do they they know also that their audience is not just parents and families or ex pupils. It's actually um, many, many people, especially since their appearance on Britain's Got Talent, they have quite a large audience. And they they, they have a real, and Dave, Dave has a real way with um, social media. Now, I don't know who manages it, if they have a, a social media manager that they, uh, that, that runs it, but, um, but they are 
they are so they're always like showing so many great things and dave has his own social media account obviously where he tweets in a personal capacity um and they've got their facebook group as well um and yeah if you scroll through they share lots of things that are going to help the community they also share lots of way uh things that the students are getting to do they share a lot of um so many positive things and they also use it as a communication tool with parents and one um thinking back to the interview that i had with uh with dave um he said that one of the things that blakely was trying to do was raise aspirations for the town in general and uh which was where their hoodies and their hashtag dare to dream came from and yeah those all of those all of all of the stuff that they do just um it just looks so good um on social media they um they really do have um so many great photos of so many amazing things that they are doing and have the opportunity to do and they i think they've nailed personally i think they've nailed the art of um it being an attractive school for potential families being an attractive school for teachers to go and work at if there ever is an opportunity for teachers to go work there i doubt there will be um well it would certainly be a very uh it'd certainly be a very very it's uh it certainly be i've completely forgotten what i was saying um oh yeah it would certainly be an attractive um school for teachers to work at because they um because of because of all the you know positivity that they share um although obviously when teachers retire they retire but uh, you know staff retention because it's such positive school is very high which is a key indicator it's a good place to work if staff if staff turnover is low and staff retention is high um and and yeah while many schools might have you know a few hundred followers or a few thousand followers generally keeping the school community up to date flake fleet primary at the time of this episode has um nearly twenty nine thousand followers so you know they they've nailed social media and not just because of britain's got talent you know they haven't just um they oh they were on britain's got talent or they did all these high profile things and that's the only reason why people follow no they they've done there's so much that they've got going on their social media pages that just keep people coming back and that's been such a 
and so it's been great and you know Flakefleet are a uh, mainstream school within the state school system that are thriving in spite of the uh, system not because of it um, and that's why I love following them on on Facebook especially now um I wanted to move on to talking a little bit about how does um, a social media manager run their social media. I've talked a bit about consent and how people need consent to show the faces of pupils and even adults before, um, before posting anything on social media. Um, but there's also you know the role of a social media manager and it couldn't be it is it's not a case of just um assigning it to the head teacher or assigning it to just a random person they've got to know what they're doing and there's um there's a couple of resources that offer articles and training but what on one of the articles i found has said this, that there are three skills needed for a position of social media manager. Technical ability to manage the platforms, communication skills to properly engage with audience and community, and the ability to monitor what's happening online. Um, now, obviously, it can be tricky if you're um, if you're managing a social media page and a teacher at the same time and you're pressured for time it can be difficult to um uh to manage everything that's happening online um and multi-academy trusts have been known to hire social media managers to um because well it wouldn't be just one school they'd be running. They'd be running several school accounts. Um, and if, if it's just a single school, there's still a sense of, you know, checking it, having time to check from time to time to see if there's any queries, um, any comments, filtering out negative comments. Um, and things like that. And that brings me on to my next point is managing comments. Now, obviously, positive comments, they're pretty, pretty easy to handle, you know, there's the they're very feel good. And um, it's always <clears throat> nice when the school or a person managing that social media acknowledges the positive comment and thanks the person for that. Um, and then, you know, potentially asking permission for the um, school to use that comment in their marketing. Because at the end of the day, schools want to, you know, have their roles, their roles full um, and all their, all their classes, um, the pupil numbers. Um, that is that is important, especially if you're an independent school. Um, if you're oversubscribed, that's another issue entirely. But 
Um, if it's a, you know, neutral, that means it might be a query or a question. Um, and then obviously if you're responding to that and you're not sure what to say, then you can check around with colleagues and things. Then dealing with negative comments is always a big part of the internet. Um, now it should, they shouldn't just be ignored because if it's abusive, it's got to be taken seriously and it's got to be reported to the right people. Um, if, you know, if, if somebody isn't happy and they're not being rude and abusive about it, then that is, that is a cause for, um, genuine trying to help that person and try to either come to a compromise or help that person solve their problem. Um, but if it is an abusive post, then it's got to be reported to the relevant people, including the social media platform itself. It isn't, it isn't a case of ignoring it. You know, even if, even if you're a, um, even if you're a school with loads of followers, you've, um, you can't let, it, it, it doesn't look good if you've let um, trolls through. So you've got to always keep an eye on that. Um, and yeah, it, it brings up a whole bunch of safeguarding things to consider as well. I've mentioned about consent. Um, and you know not tagging things with real student names and the use of language and things like that because anybody who's been on education twitter knows that sometimes there can be a lot of drama and uh people uh bat 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 butting heads around certain issues um so you know teachers and people who work in schools are not immune to um, the drama that can happen when it comes to social media and so so yeah so there's there's certain things to consider if you're going to run a social media page um, and it is a case of it is it is a case of you know having someone that knows what they're doing probably having somebody who can maybe distance themselves emotionally from it because um that's where problems can arise if people get too too uh emotional now um every platform has a different way of communicating obviously and so it's good to choose what is right for your school so you know for twitter it's sound bites you might post a picture and then a small amount of text for facebook if you've got more to write you can do so um instagram is generally purely about the pictures um and then something uh, and then other platforms like pinterest is about is about sharing ideas and uh, sharing things that people can hope uh, can hopefully be inspired by. But you've also got 
more detailed uh where you can uh sites where you can go into more detail if you want to set up your own school blog or you know linkedin page then you can do things in more detail you can you can write a bit about the some of the nitty gritties and go into details but generally most people will be on things like facebook twitter instagram now i'm not going to talk about tiktok because i'm not on tiktok and i'm not an expert and i'm not sure tiktok's the best place for a school to have a um, social media account um but one of the uh websites and articles that i've looked at is talking about how the social media page can be an extension of your school website and um it's actually a very important online communication it can actually be a very important online communication tool and if you make them work together to tell your school story more completely then that is what is going to uh, that's what's going to attract people to follow your school, attract potential families to send their kids to that school. Um, oh, I, I like the way they've put this. So the best school websites pull the audience in, social media pushes to their news feeds. Um, and, you know, you can show people on social media what your school is all about while the website gets into the details um and it's just about engagement overall um now schools don't have to be you know it's not like a job as an influencer as a so-called influencer yeah, you don't have to study the algorithm and try to um, and try to get to the front page because, well, if you do, you're going to post content that isn't relevant at all. Um, but it is. So you don't you don't have to follow the algorithm entirely. It's something. But that being said it always helps if you have engaging content and you have regular fairly frequent posts um because dead social media pages are going to lose followers and you know i'm guilty of that as as well that i i go sometimes when i never post on my social medias but that being said i've got nothing to promote at the moment you know i'm not trying to sell anything or sell myself um, maybe apart from my uh, teacher's talk radio show. Um, but it's, um, it is very, it, it is, it is a skill in itself. And understanding the algorithm is something that might be helpful to do, but for a school, you don't have to follow it um you don't have to follow it all the time just because it really is it really is an entirely a full-time job really to get people yourself noticed on social media it is a difficult thing 
um so there you go um that is a few things on schools and social media now i mentioned before facebook groups um obviously pages are used for people to follow groups can be used as a communication thing and i'm a member of a few facebook groups to do with my interests as a teacher as an educator the things that i value the settings that i am passionate about it's etc um and there might be a better platform for online communication a safer one i, I had talks in a previous episode of my show about alternative social media platforms that schools can monitor and that people can take part in um and yeah that can be better than using one of the big social media platforms where it's um it's less um where it's less you're more likely to have trackers adverts loads of things um that you know is, is uh, aren't really desirable for a school um because you want to have a presence but you don't want to have a um you don't want to have trackers and adverts just targeting you constantly um this is something that all the best tech people on teachers talk radio have talked about a lot i'm sure um now this is really interesting because yeah teachers do use um pinterest to gather their ideas and yeah it's pinterest is something it is very different because it's not so much of a communication tool as more of an idea sharing thing and yeah teachers can share loads of ideas with each other and why shouldn't they it, sh it should be something that you're encouraged to do um so there you go those are some of my two uh cents on schools and social media I am going to finish there today. I probably have sounded very rambly today. It has been a long uh, week, and um, but hopefully I said something of value in this episode. I hope so. Um, thank you very much for listening. If you've downloaded this episode, thank you very much. If you've listened to the end, thank you very much, and I will see you next time you've been listening to teachers talk radio tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org we look forward to hearing from you next time on teachers talk radio